Whitelist.io. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Right Fit Podcast. I'm Daryl Jacobs, your host. Join me every Friday at noon Eastern time with decision makers in collegiate athletics and professional sports. But joining me today is the director of athletics at the University of Virgin Island, Mr. Dr. Jarrell Drew. Glad to be here with you today. Well, thank you for joining me, taking the time. I'm kind of jealous you there in the Virgin Islands enjoying that beautiful, beautiful weather that you have there. But thank you for taking the time to tell me and discuss with me all things that's happening at the University of Virgin Islands Athletics. But before we get to the Q&A, tell people about your journey into collegiate athletics. Well, for me, my journey started out like I think most of us who um, got into intercollegiate athletics um, started out as a student athlete. Um, you know, really pushed myself, excelled amongst my peers and really showed that I had a, you know, unique interest after my senior year of, of making this a career. So, um, you know, having those conversations with my coaches, play football, uh, my athletic director and also my institution's president at the time, um, you know, those were really some key stakeholders that really, you know, um, saw something in me. I think at the time I really didn't see it myself as progression to where I am now, but they really looked at me and thought, you know, uh, I had a future in this. So um, just came into the field, working diligently and doing everything that I could. Um, I really started out with recruitment, um, being a liaison with the missions. And from there, the transition from coaching to administration to compliance just kept leading to door out the door out the door. Uh, you know, working and doing a little development, a little fundraising here and there, um, getting my feet wet and just, uh, you know, a multitude of things. So I had great mentors that trusted me, um, uh, great leaders as well that I served under in the capacity of other athletic directors and presidents. And um, I just really um, took the opportunity to learn from them. And from there, everything just opened up for me. And, um, you know, I'm able to sit in the big chair like I am today. Well, a lot of people don't know about the University of Virgin Islands. They don't know it's a HBCU and it's an NAIA Division One. And um, I know somewhere down the line, you guys may be talking about transitioning to an NCAA, you know, Division Two. But talk about the history of the University of Virgin Island athletics. Well, the history of the institution, you know, we, we are an HBCU. We are we the only, we're actually the only HBCU in the Caribbean. Um, and, you know, a lot of people get it confused also because they think when they think of the Virgin Islands, um, you know, they forget that we're actually a U.S. territory as well. So, you know, for us, our institution started, we just had our 60th anniversary. So, you know, 1962, um, formation of the institution started. And from there, you really started the student body, the student union groups advocating for sports to administration. Um, so they really started out as club. During those times, there wasn't really much affiliation with some of our state-based institutions or HBCUs, but in transition over years, you know, you really started to see a lot of competition with other West Indies-based, um, Caribbean-based institutions, those in the Puerto, Puerto Rico as well. So when everything started to formate, um, um, you know, we really started to see, um, and, and looking back in the history, um, you started to see the transition of like the LAI, which is um, a phenomenal conference that serves the West Indies, you know, throughout the Caribbean schools in Puerto Rico, um, Jamaica, all throughout. And UVI had a strong presence in that league for many years. So um, looking at the, you know, the past championships, uh, accolades that they've had as far as in baseball, basketball, especially um, track and field, um, a lot of things, you know, they were able to um, do a lot of great things. And recently, about 2016, 
um, they made a transition to NAIA. So, you know, very young, if we will look at far as the transition of coming into um, the NAI um, or, or looking at far as NCAA affiliate, what we would know as fans competitions, but they've had a strong history of athletics. They've had several athletes that I would say that have played here that are, you know, may have, may not be well recognized for some of their accolades, but um, locally and throughout the region, um, you know, they were, they were tremendous players, tremendous athletes. So we have a, we have a great, I would, say, I would say a really strong athletic lineage, athletic history here. And um, it's something that um, as we continue to break ground and, and get out there more, um, people are finding out more about, you know, this hidden gem um, that's in the Caribbean and also just more about our athletic programs. Well, it's really not a hidden gem to the Division One schools who always have tournaments. Um, if, if, and this is a coach's show, so they're probably familiar with the Virgin Island uh, Division One basketball classics that's held there at the beginning of every year. Unfortunately, during the past couple of years, COVID has really stymied that uh, tradition there. And, you know, you're going to talk about some things that you're doing there as well, um, there on the island. But talk about why did you choose to pursue the AD position there when it became available? So for me, um, you know, I served in multiple capacities as far as assistant associate athletic director in the past. And uh, when this opportunity actually opened up, um, you know, I looked at it as something, you know, that, that I could build. Um, I knew they were going through the transition of, you know, NAI. There was a lot of things that when I had a conversation with some peers through NACTA and then going through the interview process and um, talking with um, the president and, and um, other administrators, provosts, um, the one thing that they told me, they said it was a it was an open campus. They, you know, they had their expectations of what they would like to see, but they said, Drew, it's an open campus. And, you know, you have the ability to paint the picture and apply your vision to it. And I think, you know, coming as an athletic director, you don't have that opportunity so often to just come into a place and really build a program from the ground up. Um, you know, programs there, but putting it in the direction that I think um, gives us the ability to grow further. Um, so for me, that, you know, that was everything for me. That was an opportunity to get here, build. You got amazing weather. That, that helps as well. But, you know, it was really the opportunity just to, to build a program and, you know, put your mark on something. And, you know, once I had that ability and, and actually, you know, I, I came in, it was the height of COVID in 2020 and, you know, coming on island for the first time, uh, being in the facility and walking around and, you know, and telling you, you know, hey, this is this is your sports and fitness center. You know, this is your facility understanding the history, you know, from everything from Paradise Jam, playing here from FIBA tournaments, from, you know, Olympics, you know, everything you can think of has been this facility. And it's amazing, um, you know, and also looking at both, really both of our campuses, you know, I, I, AD of two campuses. So, you know, I have a, a campus on St. Thomas and I have a campus on um, Great Island and St. Croix. So understanding just the, you know, the uniqueness of the situation, but also take it in perspective where you could build something and, you know, continue to help foster the growth of the university. For me, that was, you know, that gained my interest in, you know, that's, that's, that's what sold me. Well, let's talk about culture a little bit. As you know, as an experienced administrator, everywhere you've been, there was a culture. Talk about the type of culture you're building there at UVI. 
Well, I think the culture here was one thing I'll say, you know, coming into this university, there's a strong culture here far as um, with locally um, with, the you know, native Virgin Islanders. Um, and there's a culture within this institution. There's great pride in this institution. Um, there's great athletic pride lineage here as well. So, you know, coming in, um, you saw a student body. Um, I would even say an athletic department that had a strong mindset on um, persevering and fighting, you know, been through as far as the hurricanes that came in 2017, you know, then being hit by the pandemic, you know, I really saw an attitude with our student athletes, just, you know, they grind, you know, and for that, that really was, uh, gave me the ability to implement, you know, my mindset and my vision of, hey, this we're gonna be a championship culture. You know, we're, we are going to fight um, in everything that we do. And coming into that and, you know, bringing that philosophy, understanding, gaining feedback a little bit more from, you know, our alums and just getting the mindset of what they would like to see, um, supports their mindsets there. So really, you know, with that, you know, we were able to just continue to lay, um, lay the, the, I believe, the, the groundwork for what we have today, building a successful athletic department with a, with a, a mindset um, of, you know, a championship culture. Um, it's really uh, embedded within our athletes. It's really embedded within our administration, um, even our fans, our student body. So, um, you know, it's supported. Uh, that's the biggest thing. You know, we're going we're gonna to support our, our, you can see from not only um, a local perspective, but, you know, even with our student body, we're diehard. We're going to support our, our athletic programs. And, you know, there's an emphasis where um, our student athletes are willing to work and do whatever, you know, they have to do to prove, um, you know, to prove that they they deserve to be in this arena, deserve to be, you know, amongst their peers and they can compete. So um, that's really the, when you're looking at as far as the culture of just our athletic department, the culture of just the university. Um, you see just a, a really a true spirit. And I think it just needed, you know, having administration or having someone the vision to support that and lead that charge. And your president was a terrific basketball player. I don't know if you know that. I do. Hall of Fame. He, he reminds me. Hall of Famer. He was in college and I, I believe it was Kansas, Kansas State or Kansas. Which one was Kansas, it? He was Kansas State um, right. and Hall of Famer and went over, actually played um, overseas for for quite some time, I believe Italy. So, you know, having that mindset and having that support as well, where, you know, I can I can tell everybody, you know, I, have, I work for a president who gets it from the perspective of a student athlete, but also understands the mindset of what it takes to have that championship, you know, that culture, but also those championship athletic programs. So the support's there. And, um, you know, I, I can't thank him enough because that's that's really someone that I lean on when, you know, I was able to share my vision and, and we started implementing things that I think moved us to where we are now. Well, he definitely understands the um, how athletics can be the front porch of the university as far as branding as well. It's good to have that support um, there as well. Let's talk about filling position, particularly your men's basketball coaching position. I think that's one of the first positions you have to fill. And, of course, this being a basketball platform called The Right Fit, let's talk about the process um, you implemented in terms of filling that position and talk a little bit about your coach that you brought on board. So for me, um, you know, when we initially started the process of just um, looking, you know, when I took the job, it was a position that was open. And I know with that, you know, we had to make sure that we um, successfully, you know, hit a home run, um, not only for just our program, but just really for 
fan base, the student athletes as well, you know, having someone who had that experience, who understood, um, you know, what college basketball is, but more importantly, you know, taking that approach from an HBCU perspective, I think is always key, understanding the cultural, the culture of that. So, you know, we did re- going in, having a national search, you know, finding candidates that administration also felt that was going to be a right fit, but also a candidate that um, understood, you know, the significant growth in the division, you know, the vision of what I was trying to do and um, kind of leading from there. So I was able to um, get um, Coach Alfonso Duncan. Um, it's been a great asset to the department, great asset to um, the overall basketball program, you know, methods of what we're trying to do and where we're trying to go. So, you know, when we're able to get, you know, someone who has, you know, that background of Division One, but also having background of also CIAA as well, um, you know, and understanding that culture and understanding that mindset as well, um, you know, it made uh, a great dividend as far as our abilities with recruiting, a great dividend with our abilities to, um, you know, really bolster the the basketball program to a, a new height, really, you know, a new, comp- uh, in my mindset, just a new competitive edge. So um, really, you know, really excited for, you know, everything that, you know, accomplished this year. And, you know, we were young, you know, as I tell people, I said, you know, recruiting a team and coming off of COVID and, you know, um, you know, trying to get, you know, kids situated. It was a difficult task, but, you know, he did an outstanding job with that and continues to do it. Um, also throw in um, our women's basketball coach as well, um, Coach Lanika Collins that we brought in, former um, coach of um, Southern of New Orleans, um, came in, did an amazing job as well, um, you know, from a strategic point coming in and, and working very closely with our our women's program. I think, you know, we in our conference, you know, we had one of the best records for, unfortunately, with, you know, um, dealing with the pandemic, one of the best records in school history as far as a women's basketball program. So, you know, when you have an individual like that coming in and, you know, you have two coaches who can come and, you know, contribute and share that vision of building a championship program and putting everybody on notice, not only in your conference, but throughout the NAI, um, you know, I think you're making good strides. So for me, um, both of them, you know, going through that process, finding the right fits, finding the people who have, you know, a, a, a mindset and an understanding of, um, number one, academic success, and, you know, that ties in with our athletic success. Um, that's key. Um, that's key to me. And I think that trans that gives you the, the ability to transition to the court and have a championship culture and championship basketball program. Share some of the do's and don'ts of your experience as far as interviewing. Um, one of the things we want to make sure we, the message we want to get out um, regarding the show being called The Right Fit, we want to talk about those do's and don'ts for an interview. Everybody has different theories. And, and then there's some common denominators there when interviewing um, as well. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I think, you know, especially with me going through and just reviewing as an administrator and looking at, you know, when you make those those hires or just even going in those reviews, I think some major dues for me is I always look for confidence um, in an interview as far as um, any individual that I speak with, um, you know, a, conf- a level of confidence. And I always say there's a confidence and there's an arrogance. Um, I like the confidence, um, the confidence of understanding um, that you belong, you know, for this position. You apply for it for a reason. 
Um, so a level of confidence is, is very important to me because um, that gives me a perspective of, you know, your, your leadership style as far as how you're going to lead your program. I think also um, doing your research is key. Um, I think really one of the big things that um, has, you know, can be a pet peeve, especially as far as administrators, people just applying, 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 applying for jobs, and they don't really understand, the, you know, um, the full ins and outs of the, of the job, um, really not doing your research, you know, so one of my first questions that I always ask a candidate is, so why Virgin Islands? And, you know, they will give me four or five different answers. You know, well, the weather, well, that's great. You know, you know, they'll, they'll talk about, well, the, you know, the history of the program, well, you know, go in a little more detail and they never can. And that really tells me that, you know, as far as your research is concerned, you're, Maybe you just skimped or read Wikipedia, but you really didn't get into the the, the details of understanding what the program is. Um, so, you know, I would always say for me, um, you know, understanding the program, really research and understand our academic programs. That's key to me as well. Understanding and, you know, you know, being able to say hey, 42 degree majors, you know, undergrad, you guys got a great graduate program, a very you know high yielding nursing program. Understanding some of those is a concept that's going to be key for me. Um, another thing is um, your game plan. You know, if you, you know, if you're looking at that person's perspective of a coach, what are you bringing into the table? You know, what are some of the objectives that you have? What are some of the previous objectives that you um, have done academically? You know, what's your philosophy on that academic success? What's your philosophy on, on student retention, discipline? A lot of those things, you know, so those are some of the do's that I like to see. Some of the don'ts, you know, I, I really always try to, um, you know, kind of address young, as far as young coaches, but just individuals who are trying to get in, you know, intercollegiate athletics, um, you know, make sure before you're coming in the interview that you are, are prepared. That's the biggest thing. Um, when I say prepared, I also am reiterating, you know, being on time. Um, I've had, you know, indiv individuals who interview starts at 10 and they're logging in at 10.05. <laughs> you know, I understand the apologies, technology, things happen. But, you know, making that effort to be there on time. Um, the other thing is, again, you know, uh, for me, a, a major don't is you're addressing administrators for an interview. Um, how do you speak? Yes, sir. No, sir. Um, you know, addressing the interview panel. Um, you know, I think you just have to make sure that we're, we're careful in responding, how you respond. Not being scared to respond, but showing a level of respect. Um, is uh, it will get you a long way. Um, so, you know, really for me, and then, you know, reviewing of your experience overall, um, making sure that you are not going just elaborating over stuff, you know, be strategic in what you're, um, you're going to discuss. That's going to be key. You know, when you're going all over, talking about this, 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 you know, it, it really doesn't help transition. Stick to, stick to the prompts of the question. That's always important. Um, so that's really, you know, what I look for and, you know, what I would kind of give some advice, but also just an overview of my experience of seeing, conducting interviews, being in an interview as well. Um, you know, I would say it's, it's never, you never, no one can always, you know, can get it right 24 seven, but I think there's a level of professionalism that you have to bring to it and uh, being prepared for it as well to sell yourself. Remember, you're always selling yourself. Um, selling your vision, selling yourself, what, you know, your abilities. So, you know, make sure you prepare to uh, present that. 
Well, Dr. Drew, we got to take a commercial break, really enjoying this conversation, particularly when you talk about what you're looking for in a men's basketball coach. I know you were at Elizabeth City State, so you got to see firsthand one of the best in the yes. business in Sean Walker, who I know personally very well, and the confidence that he exudes and he knows he's belonged, whether it's D1 or D2, um, is very contagious. So I knew when you were going after Coach Duncan, you know, he exhibited that as well. But let's take a commercial break so we can pay some bills. You're watching and listening to The Right Fit. The Right Fit podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile. All for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com. Welcome back to The Right Fit. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs, and I'm privileged today to have the Director of Athletics at the University of Virgin Islands, Dr. Jarrell Drew, and we're talking about all things University of Virgin Island as well as The Right Fit. Let's talk about some industry trends that you're seeing now that um, maybe some of these coaches and administrators need to be abreast of from your perspective? Well, I think really some of the major industry trends, you know, and, and this is kind of goes back and forth, but, um, you know, I always tell coaches, you know, one of the biggest things is understanding this transfer portal, um, you know, really understanding the dynamics of it, but also, as I always say, uh, making sure what you bring from that transfer portal is the right fit for your program and also for your athletes. I love program. that word, right fit. Love it. <laughs> you, know, you got to admit, you know, it's it's a, I always tell coaches that, you know, generally you're bringing in students and those students are going to be a reflection of what you're trying to um, present, not only to, you know, the, the your fans, but your student body, the faculty, just, you know, they represent, you know, our alumni, all. So you want to make sure you have a right fit. And um, for me, that's, you know, essential, um, you know, making sure and having that understanding. So, you know, understanding transfer forward is key. Um, also understanding it to put you in a situation where, um, you know, you're going to be able to get some kids that, um, you know, are going to change the, you know, change potential outcome and just the overall culture of your, of your program. Um, that's key as well. So understanding that, you know, making sure that what we're bringing in, I think the biggest problem is, you know, it's, it, I, I support it fullheartedly, but I also say, you know, uh, making sure that when we bring those students in, they're going to graduate. You know, we're not bringing someone in for a year and then they're out and then they're going somewhere else. You know, we want to make sure that when we bring those individuals in, they're here to stay. Um, you know, I always joke around if they come here, why would they leave? You know, you're in what you're, you get to go to school on a tropical island. But, you know, getting that mindset also is, is, is making sure that, you know, we keep them here from that. I think uh, one big thing that, you know, we really looked at and uh, just continue to always encourage our coaches um, is really also understanding this NIL process. You know, NAI, we're a little different than most people as far as our, our establishment, our setup when it compares to our NCAA peers, but really understanding how that can benefit. And also having those conversations with our student athletes about what is appropriate far as, you know, being, having that opportunities to get those solicit funds. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of sponsors out there, um, you know, but look also looking at where you are as far as industry, what's going to be successful for you and, you know, be the right fit for you as well. Um, and, and representation, you know, our industry here, if you've been in the Caribbean, you know, been in the Virgin Islands, you know, we, we have a lot of, um, you know, distilleries, manufacturers here. So, you know, it's nothing to, you know, to get here and discuss and say, well, you know, are you going to have a student represented by a rum company, you know, but does that, you know, uphold or reflect positively your, your department's culture, your institution's culture, your athletes, is that the right representation that you want for your students? So I think, you know, being hands-on with that, um, there are a lot of organizations that have come up now with companies that are, you know, helping students in that process. Um, you know, we're working with right now with some workshops with some of those companies to, um, you know, further facilitate some opportunities for our students, um, you know, based off who we are locally, trying to um, do a little emphasis, we can work with some cruise lines. So, you know, I would say really those are some of the trends when I look at, you know, NIL, Transfer Portal. And I think probably my biggest is going to be mental health, um, really understanding the opportunities of what we can provide, um, having the opportunities to um discuss this further with some panels, but also, you know, taking the conversation that we have with those panels, discuss with my administration, um, making sure that we're providing ad adequate support for our student athletes, um, letting them also know, you know, it's one of the biggest issues that we have, I think, especially in the HBCU culture, especially dealing with some of our young men and women is having that ability to talk about some of the issues that they're going through um, and feeling as if, if there's anyone to understand them. So, you know, you know, we a large emphasis for me um, in making sure that our students realize that they have that opportunity to have availability for someone to, you know, to be available for counseling services. I think that's key. Um, really, you know, it's really important that they can get the help that they need at an earlier an opportunity and that they feel supported. And lastly, I would probably say just, you know, really making sure that as an ins institutions as a whole, um, and this is a global trend, just not only with athletics, but, um, you know, making sure that DEI is discussed, um, you know, making sure that your policy, your policies also are reflecting, um, you know, support for diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's, that's key. Um, adequate representation for our student athletes and in our departments is key. And making sure that in those conversations is reflected in your policies. Um, you know, your procedure manuals, your student athlete handbooks. So, you know, really when I kind of put, you know, things in, I'll say my top five, top four, those are what I really look at. And I say is, you know, those are some growing trends um, that, you know, I think is on everybody's mind. Uh, but I think, you know, we constantly, as things keep evolving, those are, those are the few that I think we, we constantly have to be abreast on. I, I think the mental health piece is so important. Even if you just, just recently, Dr. Drew, the, unfortunate uh, death of the cheerleader at Southern University, um, you know, you know, just seeing the signs, having that mental health counselor there, having somebody um, to talk to. Um, there's so much pressure on the students um, today, not just student athletes, but students in general across the board at any college campus as well. But that mental health piece is so important. And we've seen it rear his ugly head, unfortunately, uh, for Southern University, it hit home, and my condolences definitely go out to the university and the athletic department um, as well. Talk about some of those job opportunities you may see on the horizon from your perspective in collegiate athletics. As far as, I mean, you know, 
I really look at far as an open door um, perspective, especially when I'm looking at far as our student athletes. Um, I really start to see that there's going to be some opportunities and advancements with the esports industry. Um, I think that's one that's constantly growing. Um, you know, I came to Virgin Islands. I was one of, you know, we were going through COVID and I had a, a student body that just wanted something to do. And um, a great colleague, um, friend, um, now um, Rod Chappelle, um, who does an amazing job um, you know, with the esports league, HBCU league. Um, you know, we were able to bring that into our athletic department, but our institution and just the opportunities that that brought, um, you know, as far as the level of interest, you know, was amazing. You know, now we're starting to see and trying to get our students to, you know, to see the importance. Not only are you, you know, you're, they're playing video games already, you know, the 2Ks, the Maddens, they're on the sticks 24-7, but also understanding that, you know, these are six figure plus jobs coming out of college, you know, undergraduate degree, you know, so and us having a very big STEM related, uh, being very STEM related institution, you know, I think it's even more influential in, in providing those ample opportunities for especially um, students from HBCUs, um, you know, African Americans, I think it's important for us to get in that industry. Um, expanded even more when I believe the recent studies, we contributed 60% of, of, of the profits margin for the industry as it is, you know, we're, we're paying it, you know, we're, we're investors in it, but we're not the, the, the individuals collecting, getting in those funds in this billion dollar industry. So I really would say, um, you know, it needs to be a large, um, I, I think there's needs to be a, a little bit more of an emphasis in that. I see it growing. Um, you know, the internships are there, you know, you got EA sports, I believe right there in Florida, you know, as well. So, you know, it's, it's tremendous level opportunities in the esports field. Um, and I also think, you know, there's a large emphasis and a need as well as a growing trend that we are all seeing um, in athletic training, um, you know, and that field continues to grow and expand. And I can tell you from perspective that, um, you know, I've been on calls with ADs and they're saying, you know, we can't keep them. Um, you know, it's a hard position to find. So I, I see, you know, with some of the, in the recent trends with NATA, you know, um, there needs to be a, a very significant increase um, in constant comp compensation for that role, um, given the magnitude of what, you know, those but, are the But his fourth, why they can't keep them. <laughs> you know, that's, and that's the biggest thing, you know, they can't keep them. And, and they're going to, you know, they're going even to the private sector, going working at, you know, for doctors or, you know, or even, fortunately, some are even going to the, the level of public education as far as high schools. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I really review um, and just looking, you know, really need to get into that, a large that I think encompass and moving more forward with sports information as well. You know, just getting our getting a, having a footprint in that field, I think, is also key. So, you know, though, I think those are the three that I really look at and say, you know, uh, I'd love to see um, more minority based candidates and larger interest in it as well. Let's talk about differentiators. I always love that word in terms of candidates. I often get that question. What can I do to stand out or differentiate myself? from other candidates during the interview process. Any any um, thoughts you want to share on that? Well, you know, I, I'll go back to, um, you know, always be preparation is key. Um, knowing the ins and outs of the job that you are applying for in the interview is key. And, you know, I think one of the things that for me is, is always big is elaborate on your experience. You know, um, I think we, 
are um, conditioned so much to keep our experience in that job in that three page minimum that they tell us is 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 the correct format for a resume these days three pages no less when you know you can go back and say that from all my experiences that I've worked for over you know two different universities you know I'm more than just the 10 bullet points that right. I you know that I did at these institutions so elaborate you know I think that's your one opportunity to really discuss and I really look forward for that opportunity because you know hey this is something that i set up you know i had a candidate one time um athletic trainer who's actually now he's um at hampton university when i just came to elizabeth city state and just hearing you know he just you know discussed the things it's insurance you know um he, he did all the medical claims you know things that were not in his resume but he discussed experience you know working with medical companies um, you know, trying to get cheaper rates for medical supplies, creating and establishing partnerships with team doctors, things that, you know, we would look at as every day, but we wouldn't put in our um, technically put in our document, our resume. Um, you know, he was able to elaborate on those experiences, what was important to him and also his vision. So, you know, I really look forward to seeing that. I think it, it pushes you ahead. Um, I also say, you know, just that level of, you can have that level of confidence, but when you're adding that level of confidence and that background, that content, you know, to that interview, um, you're able to share that experience, uh, but also giving examples that, you know, often when you give some of those examples, you'll be surprised of how many times during the interview phase, you know, issues that that particular institution is dealing with in that field that they've had previously, um, you know, you came in and came into that scenario and discussed how you, you know, you've already got experience in it and you've tackled that issue and you were very successful. And that's a check mark. sometimes, you know, I always say that, you know, I have that experience where you, you know, I'm looking at others or we're in a Zoom chat and, you know, the comment in the private chat is yes, yes, yes. You know, this is, this is exactly what we've been talking about. This is exactly what we need. So, you know, I think it just makes you makes you stand out uh, more. It, it presents you being a, a, a well-rounded candidate. And I think in the overall, it makes the, the, the institution or whatever hiring hiring um, committee that you're going through, it gives them a level of confidence and reinsurance in you as a candidate. Well, this is the best question I think of my whole show every week. The word association. I say a place, person, thing, or a phrase, and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Um, and don't forget you, this is going out nationally, so make sure you be careful with your answers. I always preface that as well. But I like to have fun with it. Uh, Boston, Georgia. Uh, home. Bavard College. I would say um, love, much love. HBCUs. Made me, made me the individual and the administrator I am today. And finally, University of Virgin Islands. A growing force. Dr. Drew, thank you for taking the time this afternoon to join me here on The Right Fit. And I want to thank the listeners and viewers for tuning in as well. 
Join me next Friday with another terrific guest from either Collegiate Athletics or the world of professional sports. Until then, please stay healthy, stay safe, and have a terrific weekend. 